Focus Target Podcast. This is your host, Smiley. With me today, Van and Chai. I gestured incorrectly. Van and Chai. What's going on, gentlemen? What to do? That's still wrong. Well, that's, how I look. that's where he is on my screen. So for anybody watching, if I point this way, I'm pointing at Van. That's how it looks to me. I don't know about- and that's right. Van's right. You're pointing the other direction is, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, got dance moves. Here we go. So, um, this is season two, episode 68 of the Focus Target podcast. Today, uh, because we didn't get enough Star Wars in like the 50 episodes we did a couple weeks ago, we are going to talk about The Mandalorian specifically. Uh, we're right in the middle of season two of The Mandalorian. And um, what is that? <laughs> My boba tea. Is that boba? Nice. Oh. From okay. Star. Mm-hmm. Nice. Ooh, we'll, we'll advertise Boba Star. For free, not a sponsor, but not we'll a sponsor. Advertise. Uh, yeah, so that's great, <laughs> excellent, excellent segue there. Right into the question of the day. Well, uh, sorry, Boba Star, Boba Fett. I thought there was like a loose mm, connection there. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's that, but I mean, that was kind of a seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, or, six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing. or like one of those. What, what was that? Uh, Bill Mickelson, there was like a show that somebody was that somebody was doing that where he's like making these weird connections you know what i'm talking about where he's like Beautiful christmas mind. christmas tree 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 house it's that was, the office. was that the office yeah that was the Nicholas office cage if it's the same episode we're talking about but yeah I, it, might, think, it must be i think it is i think it is yeah there's there's yeah, one where he's making those connections where he's like where you're like man you're that or parks and rec but I feel like we could say it's either the office of Park and Rex for anything we say and then be Maybe pretty true. 80% accurate. That's probably true. So you went Mandalorian. Boba Fett was a Mandalorian. Boba right. T. Oh. Right. Yes. Okay. Nailed it. Excellent. I followed your train of thought. And uh, it's Boba it, Star. Star Wars, Boba Fett. I mean, there's like oh, so Jesus. many degrees of so connection you could, there. You could have gone either way. It was like from right. the front or the back. We'll let the audience decide how I went. Uh, We'll let the audience, who's no longer with us, I'm sure, because they're like, <laughs> what the fuck are these clowns talking about? Um, so, that aside, I, I see where you came from now. I'm sorry, Van, for uh, thinking you derailed us when really you were just, you know, bringing us back to the start. Let's talk about the question of the day. Here on the Focus Target, we like to do a question of the day. Uh, we like to try to tie it to our previous episode. Last week, we talked about what we were doing, and, um, you know, every day, we do a lot of things, some of us more than others, but I think most people would agree that they would like to have more time in the day. Something that you hear a lot. It's, I feel like it's one of those generally agreed upon things that there's just not enough hours in the day to get to everything you want to do, especially with having to work and do stupid stuff like that, chores, like, you know, like, wouldn't it be cool if there was a couple extra hours in the day? So today's question of the day is, if the day was 26 hours long, not that the length of the hour change, but if we actually got two bonus hours squeezed into the day where you had two more hours each day to spend however you want, how would you spend those hours? What, what would be the biggest priority for you in spending time in your day? What do you not have time for in your day today that you wish you had more? I'm going to start with Van because he's nodding a lot. Hmm. Yes, I was nodding in support. Yeah. Not because I had an answer. Well, make something up. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's what I do best. Um, so I, I had to caveat this as a parent with not only two extra days, but I would like those two extra 
hours to come at night when the kids are asleep. Because <laughs> otherwise, having two extra hours of the day doesn't mean anything to me because they're all going to be taken up by my kids. However, if said kids were asleep, so I'm going to change it around. How about we have 26-hour days and kids sleep for 12 hours a night instead of 10? So, that being the, said. The spirit of the question was two hours of free time, right? Okay. Two, hours, like uh, two hours obligation-free, yeah, let's like say, it. where you can spend that time as you wish. Okay, so my answer is the same. <clears throat> it's going to be mixed up into a way more detailed answer than anybody ever wanted or, or needs to know. Um, but three of those days will be taken up with reading because I'd like to actually start reading more because whenever I read, I actually enjoy it. I don't know why I don't go back to books. Um, one of those nights would be D&D. And then two of those nights would be mixed up between video games and meditation. And I think that's only six nights. It's only six so then nights. like one, one other like night mixed between all of them also. So meditation, reading, D&D with you crazy buffoons. And that's it. Oh, and gaming. Shy? Hard question for me. I don't really have a good answer for it. Um, unlike you gentlemen, I don't have a lot of daily obligation outside of my full-time job. So, and with COVID and a lot of quarantine right now, I'm not really lacking for free time. It's more that I'm lacking the ability to do things that I would rather be doing. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> well, it's hard I mean, for, for you to think you, of this. Um, you could also like, like, you know, extrapolate to a more perfect world where yeah, yeah. So COVID more, has cleaned up. Well, and, <laughs> and, and I don't know, I would say that like, I think I would go with, especially one day hoping to like, um, you know, start a family and maybe before like mm. having kids, like I know that one thing you always hear people say is that, especially if like you and your partner are like working and you don't like, you know, you're, just, you're busy during the day. You don't have a lot of time maybe to like just have quality time together. I think that's what I, where I would go is to have like more quality time with like an, with another person, like a special person. Yeah, that was my first like, answer to have more quality time with my wife. But after that, then, well, then I was talking then, about the other things. Of course that goes without saying. Okay, I just want to make mean, sure. <laughs> I want to make sure that was in there. All the that was all of our number know, one. That, right, that would okay. be our number yeah. one. Yeah. Got it. Clearly. But after that. How silly. Then, yeah. I would, I would steal from Van though, like at least one night the D and D, the D and D comment that's on point. Like totally, we talk about not having enough time to do D and D. Like that, this question of the day was tailored to us, but doing D and D again. So just probably not every night of the week. <laughs> I'm gonna be too much D and D. God, yeah, that'd be that'd be a little bit intense. Did we used to do it two nights a week? No, we only was it always one? I think we struggled to do one one just... one night a week. <laughs> I feel like, I mean, you're all more well-versed in D&D than I am, but I feel like one night a week just drags the campaign too long. Even though it was like a three-hour session, I feel like two days a week is probably like solid. That's probably why the last campaign we did involved us like having a boat ride and then like we died on an island. <laughs> like, like the actual campaign spanned like five days and then it ended. <laughs> so, um, Well, it sounds like two of my nights are already taken up by D and D. Um, and I'd say two, because if you guys are going to play, that's one night, but probably I'm going to have to DM. And mm -hmm. so that means another night of work to prepare the, prepare the week's work because DMing is a thankless job. So, uh, you know, that's, that, that would be, that'd be at least four hours a week. I would say. Thank you. Smiley. Um, <laughs> um, How much you know, shit we give him. And I don't know why he's still like camp DMs for us. <laughs> Well, I don't because we don't have an extra two hours a day to do it anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> um, 
you know, uh, the other thing I, I, I legitimately, I would, uh, you know, I would want to split up the rest of that time with, with Sarah, um, you know, especially now that she's gone back to work, we, we don't have nearly as much time as we used to, which, which is sad. Um, so it'd be cool to have a couple extra hours with her. Um, although I don't know, she might want to spend those extra hours sleeping because I don't feel like she gets enough sleep. So, um, you know, you know, maybe that would work itself out. Um, and the rest, you know, there's, I, I'm, it's easy for me to find extra time because I, I very rarely have enough time to do everything I want to do, uh, whether it's reading or, or gaming or working on projects like, you know, D and D campaigns or whatever. Um, you know, uh, that's, that's where I would go with it. So just, you know, extending my interests, you know, I wouldn't do anything special with it. Just, you know, deeper dive as yeah. it were. Yeah. More time to, to catch Double up on down. games and, and books and things of that nature. Double up on a game like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, if you are fair listeners would like to, you know, tell us how you would like to spend your extra two hours a day or tell us how we should be spending ours, hit us up. We'll give you our info after the show and you can drop us a line and tell us all about how we should spend our time. So, Let's get to the meat of it, gentlemen, and that is Mandalorian. So I think we touched on the Mandalorian a little bit when we were doing our, our kind of st- all things Star Wars, uh, but we didn't really give it like the real attention it deserved. And now that we're right in the thick of season two, we thought it could could be a, a cool time to talk about what's happened so far, what we like, what we don't like, and maybe kind of extrapolate, you know, what, what are things that we're hoping for or maybe predicting before the end of the season. And then maybe we could circle around even with maybe like a partial podcast, just follow up after it's all said and done and see like, how did we do on our predictions? How did we do on, you know, how did it end up? So um, let's do a quick recap of season one. Um of the Mandalorian. Anybody want to want to grab that? Or you guys want me to do it? I just have a quick question. Are we yeah, caveating yeah. a spoiler alert? Are we yes. talking? How, okay. Yes, that's a great point. Thank you. So no. this the discussion today will be everything through the episode that aired uh, last Friday, Friday? No. which was uh, November twentieth. So chapter that is chapter twelve, which is the fourth episode of the season two. So if you are not current through then. I would advise that you go ahead and pause this podcast. Let it be, catch up. It'll be here when, you, when you're there because we will be talking about episodes and, and things in depth. And again, also extrapolating onto what we maybe think or hope for the future. And so if, if you feel like, you know, some people maybe don't think about stuff that's coming and don't want to. And so if you feel like that might be spoilerish to you, even if it's not official, just our ideas, you know, maybe wait till the end of the season and then you can knowing what happened, laugh at us as, as our predictions turn out to be ridiculous. Um, so yes, spoiler, you've been warned. This is, this is a spoiler-filled podcast. But no, I, I think you should take it away since you tend to surmise and Since, since really I've talked well. this whole time, so I'll just yeah. keep on talking. It'll be the smiley monologue show. All right, so season one, we have we, we start off with the Mandalorian. His name is Mando. We, well, we, we get his name eventually, but I don't remember what it is. But they just everyone just calls him Mando because Mandalorians are you know, you know, secretive and and kind of mysterious, um, you know they, and he's part of the Bounty Hunters Guild on a planet called is it Navarro, something like that. I think Navarro, 
This is a great, great this recap. Is a great this recap. Is a great. <laughs> go I don't think you need to go into details. Well, yeah, yeah or less recap. specifics. Le- less yeah. specifics. Okay. Well, uh, look, we'll I got it. Hold on. Go I got it. I got it. You go. Ahead. So, there's this Mando dude, right? And he's on this planet. And this bounty hunter. We learn a lot about how like bounty hunters work. They get like these token things to go find people. Anyways, he gets sent to go find this person, but there's no token involved. I can't remember what they call the tokens. Like a tracker. Doesn't matter. I'm getting too, or, specific, yeah. too specific. Yeah. Oh, um, pucks. Do you have another puck for me? So you got the the bounty pucks. So he goes out, doesn't know what he's getting at, ends up finding what appears to be a that we all just commonly re- as Mando fans, I guess, refer to as the baby Yoda. Um, and now there's this amazing baby Yoda. He comes back to the guild. Whole bunch of randomness ensues. Am I being too vague? A little bit. Let's be let's be let's be clear for the. We're, we need a balance. Maybe Shy can be the golden. We're, we're like three episodes in at this point now. So <laughs> right. Maybe that's maybe what I figured. Too I, quick I of a recap. Okay. So there's a couple. Just a couple. Like fill in the gaps. You find out that he hates androids. Like he runs into this kind of other bounty hunter android on this planet Droids. trying to find Baby Yoda. Um, he runs Wants into another. Self-destruct every two minutes, which is yeah. hilarious, by the way. Yeah. There's the, the first of all. I think we can say the show does a really good job of balancing, just like solid writing and action along with just like some good com- comedic bits as well it's just a very balanced show Nailed it doesn't it. feel like it's too funny it doesn't feel like it's too action-packed in fact i don't know if you guys would agree the first season is actually pretty restrained in a lot of it it feels a lot more old school like star wars less like modern blockbuster um but yeah so he goes to this planet um like van said there's there's uh there's this question of what he's going after his ship. Um, he leaves a ship on this planet to go looking for the bounty. Um, so he finds this baby Yoda doesn't know what to do with it and comes back for his ship. And then hasn't it been dismantled by Jawas? Yep. <clears throat> that a big thing that happens. True. <clears throat> so then he has to hunt down these Jawas. Um, he meets another uh, uh, fellow along the way that I know you guys are big fans of. And you um, love I, yeah, we all love him, love him apparently. Um, uh, an alien critter that uh, um, becomes somewhat of a sidekick. He's an Ugnot. An Ugnot. Um, <clears throat> oh, he's an Ugnot. All right, that makes sense. Um, and then has to defeat a giant mud beast for these Jawas. Um, Big Rhino. Which yep. he actually doesn't really defeat. And this is kind of our first like sign that the Yoda baby is more than it appears. He's actually about to, I don't know if he's actually about to get killed by the mud beast or he's he about to get hurt by it. And the Yoda baby reaches out and uses the force to basically lift the creature in the air and he finishes it off. And So can and we that, pause there for a second? Yeah. I have a really crazy, or not a crazy question, but a really interesting question. I want to know what you guys think. So in that scene where the mud beast is literally charging him, he's already been knocked to crap, like knocked all over the place. His armor's all battered and everything like that. And he pulls out this little dagger and he just starts holding it in front of him. Do you think he was like, that was like their version of like seppuku? He was just done? Like not out of honor, but like, hey, if I'm going down, I'm at least trying to stab this thing as it's coming towards me, but I know I'm going to die. No, see, if I remember correctly, when he does stab it, like, he's kind of, like, stabs it and it dies. Yeah. I, like, in a yes, really weird he, way, which 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 makes know, me I think, agree. which makes me think, like, I mean, if, if you want to rationalize that, that it's, like, it's some kind of, like, pressure point or, like, a vulnerable spot. And so, you know, I think to him, it, he's probably, like, I don't have much of a chance hitting just the right spot with him charging at me, but I got to try. So yeah, I, I don't believe he was given up. Like, I mean, he obviously was able to kill it with that weapon. So whether that's realistic or not, uh, we can- look at his, I took his both. I don't think it was Seppuku, but I, I kind of agree with Vanna. Like that was kind of his last ditch effort. Like it wasn't that he well, gave yeah. up. It's just that he was like, I don't really have any other options. Like this is my weapon. Like come, yeah, come and get me. Like, 
Yeah. Um, and let's make a little clarification for yeah. people out there who are losing their minds um, because people <laughs> always do when it comes to Star Wars. People take it very seriously. We want to respect that. Uh, so we're, we will, as Van kind of alluded to, we're going to call it Baby Yoda. Like, just in case anybody is aware, like, it's not actual the Yoda as a baby. It is a, well, we, at least we don't know. Maybe it is. We have we haven't found that out yet, but I think the timeline wouldn't match up though, right? Well, yeah, right. You, but you don't know. You don't. Well, no, sure. <clears throat> we know that it's not set in Yoda's childhood. That would be nine hundred years ago, <clears throat> right? But we do. I mean, we don't oh. know anything about their species. That's what species. if after Yoda died, after a little bit, he's reincarnated? <laughs> well, or what if? Uh, who, who knows? Oh, man, we, we, don't, we don't know. We don't know anything about <laughs> what that is. But we should do a do Mando know, episode. That's what we're doing. Um, yeah. What? <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, is, is to the best of our knowledge, this is a, chi- a an infant or a child in the in the species that Yoda was. And since we don't know the name of that species, and we don't know the name of the child, it's called the child or the um, asset or kid. Um, it's commonly referred to as Baby Yoda, just for lack of a better term. But so just, just so we're all on the same page with that. Uh, we also, I thought it was interesting to note that the Baby Yoda is 50 years old. If you remember from the first episode, mm-hmm. that's a 50-year-old child, yep. and that makes sense when we know right. that Yoda was a nine, 900 years old when he died. So clearly, their species ages at a little bit of a different rate from, uh, you know, the rest of us. Okay, sorry, please. Shy. That was great. We're yeah, that was good. We're doing it by committee, and I think it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, so that's great. I think it's good. Yeah. Um, so then he, uh, so he rests the he and the kid basically save each other to a certain extent um, yep. through um, symbiotic relationship, and then he comes back. He the Jawas give him back his parts, but obviously he's now got an empty, a ship exoskeleton with a bunch of empty parts. So Ugnat Buddy helps him repair his ship. He asks he's the Ugnat nice Buddy montage. to come with him. Yep, he he very very loquacious little man who just uses all kinds of words and phrases, you know. Um, just he does. He has never a great stops vocabulary. Talking. Never stops he talking. He only says, I have spoken. <laughs> like, like, he says it, but it's not like it's all. He's, he's not like fucking I am Groot. Like, he has a fine vocabulary. Kind of close. Okay? Kind of close. All no, right. not at all. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so, so he repairs the ship. Um, the bounty hunter asks him to come along with him, saying he could use, use some more people in his crew. The guy, um, Ugnot Buddy, um, turns him down, and then he, he goes off. Um, to bring the child back to his planet. Um, does someone else want to take over from here for a bit? And then we can still kind of sure. keep doing this from committee. I'll, I'll take a turn. Uh, so they go back to the, to Navarro, which is where, you know, the kind of hub of the bounty hunter guild is. And it's also where the uh, original bounty was for. So his customer, we didn't talk about this. The client who wanted the, the asset was an ex Imperial uh, warlord of or some current. sort, you know, or yeah, well, like it seemed like a splinter I mean, cell almost, right? Like they thought, like it was still, yeah, because yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it wasn't clear, but like you know, all the stormtroopers had all like super dirty yep. armor and shit, and like it wasn't clear, right? Like whether he was truly with, like, I mean, and is the empire even still a thing? Like it's kind of a shadowy, especially at this point in the show, in the show, it's yeah. kind of a shadowy, like <laughs> yeah. we don't really know what's going on. I mean, I think it's set what like 10 years after return of the Jedi or something yeah, like that, six, right. 10 years, somewhere like that. So, um, so he goes back, he delivers, he delivers the, ch- the kid, um, gets paid, gets ready to go on his next mission. But you could tell that he kind of doesn't feel right about it. It's, you know, you could just tell, 
Well, well that, he yeah. asks too. So after he yeah. delivers the asset, it's against the it's against the um, guild code, code of the guild to ask what you're going to do with the asset once you've received money. And he even points that out because because Mando asks, he said, "What are you going to do with the kid?" And he says, "Oh, that's an odd thing for you to a man of your caliber to say, isn't it? Of the guild's code that you don't that this uh, these events now be forgotten since you've received payment." And then he kind of like exactly didn't sit well with him. He kind of strolls out, and you know, like, hey, there's more to what's going to happen here. A couple other, not to get too deep into the weeds, but I think a couple cool things as well that we haven't touched on is when he gets paid, it's not with money. It's, it's actually with metal car. that they use to make their armor, which you find out, which no one ever really sits down and like, there's no like expedition dump, exposition dump about it, but like they definitely build this idea that this is a very valuable material and that like even Mandalorian armor is super valuable just in general because it's made of this metal. Um, another well, thing, you really can, quick, oh yeah, no. you can, I, I was just going to, tack on you can tell the value as well because it's as far as i can tell other than a lightsaber it's the only thing that we've ever really seen deflect blaster bolts hmm. so like if he gets shot with a blaster if it hits his armor it reflects off like he's blocked <laughs> it with a lightsaber and like obviously stormtrooper armor doesn't work that well so like you can see why that would be such why a do they even have armor <laughs> doesn't seem to make any, it doesn't seem to help them when a when a freaking ewok drops a little rock on their head like, oh! like armor <laughs> It's like it's like female it's, armor in video games. It's, it's just for show. It's more of a hazard, right? If they didn't have the stormtrooper armor, they'd probably right. be better off. Um, Shrug that off. I think uh, also like I think you mentioned like him asking about the baby and just or the chi the child um, and just like the regret. I think that there was a there was a scene that I thought was extremely well done. I think that one thing the, the directing of the show is just excellent. But there's like when he's taking. When he's taking the child to the back to the planet. Like the child's a little, kind of annoying. Like it's kind of getting on his nerves. Like just wants <laughs> oh to God, put. So it won't adorable. like it won't like shut up. It's always doing stuff. And one thing it does is it like unscrews the like the ball on the top of his um his shifting knob and his is one of his levers. Spaceships and his, don't shift he keeps gears. taking it. Well, how do you know? How do you know that? Um. So <laughs> sorry, uh, how many spaceships have you owned, man? I know you're a pilot. Okay. I know so you're a pilot. Hurry. You're uh, not a Razor Crest specifically. Because I'm know, just saying, all Star Wars games that i've ever played uh, i've never had to shift a gear in an aircraft maybe so, they're inaccurate army surplus army surplus all razor right. crest all right so so the kid the child was like playing with this ball you could tell he was annoyed you put it back on well in as he's getting ready to take off the planet after dropping the child off he like looks down at the lever and like he holds the ball in his hands and like that's kind of a a clue like you're like you can mm -hmm. like it's a very tactical way of being like man like he's really thinking twice about his decision they had to definitely do you know mando is not a, a man of many words you know by by nature he seems very solitary and very quiet um and so you know they they did do a good job i think of conveying his intent and kind of his thoughts without verbalizing it or being you know having a narrator or something like the mandalorian was troubled <laughs> <laughs> You know, they could have gone that way and it would and it could have made sense but like they they instead they tried to make it a little bit more subtle and i think that's part of what makes the show really good who's that black actor Car is it carl amazing. weathers carl weathers yeah also yes. known for his roles in arrested development yes <laughs> that's what I saw. the first time i saw that i was like is that carl weathers like <laughs> that's amazing uh, he's that that's all i know him from is arrested development <laughs> That's Sorry, what about Carl Wilson? What, what were you going to say about him? No, I wasn't even talking about him. I, oh, I just said yes because you guys were so excited about it. We did get um, excited. The one who plays God in like everything. Morgan Freeman. Super amazing. Morgan Freeman. 
If he narrated Mando, oh, man. yes. Oh, I see. I, you were going a different direction with that. Or Liam Neeson. You know, the Mandalorian has a very specific set of skills. I was thinking of Samuel so, Jackson, no. but then it probably would be. <laughs> <laughs> it's R-rated. Yeah. Not for Disney. Disney. This is Disney+. Plus. All right. All right. Um, so, who's next? Van, you want to take a turn? No, because the rest is honestly a blur to me. Okay. Well, we're going to speed it up a little bit. So, yeah. in the end, he goes back in. He reclaims the kid. Badass. He, he, he yeah. shoots up the, the facility, knocks out a bunch of stormtroopers, uh, doesn't kill the warlord or the scientist who are working with the kid, lets the scientist go, because um, he will pop up again later, and and then leaves with the kid. But because he did that, he becomes public enemy number one. And, Shy, I'm sure in that scene, you thought of an analogous scene in a movie that we've watched together did that not make you think of john wick two and a two not like when when they're all like getting the getting the the things for him like all the beepers start oh, oh, yeah. start lighting yes, up yes. and everybody oh, starts getting yeah. their guns that's crazy yeah. and as it, he's walking like, down the alleyway like, and they're all looking at him yeah. i was like that's such a john wick moment where yeah. like everybody's yeah. out to get you all of a sudden um and so then there's a huge firefight um which and i just really quickly i know we're moving along quicker quicker but in the meantime after he dropped the kid off he went down and went to his clan had some armor forged we heard the phrase this is the way and then during the firefight he's saved by the arrival of his fellow mandalorians yes who hmm. were living in hiding underneath the city yeah um, but they revealed themselves to help protect uh mando and the baby who then escapes So then he goes to a little backwater planet to try to kind of lay low for a while. Uh, He meets an uh, uh, ex-Republic commando named Kara something or other, um, who's basically like a badass soldier, special Navy SEALs op who just like kicks everybody's ass. But she's also hiding out there because there's a bounty on her head for some shit she got into. Um, And so they're both just like kind of trying to lay low um and they solve some trouble on that planet like there's a warlord there who you know is harassing the locals and they kind of teach him to fight and they have a whole thing uh, which is cool it was a cool little episode uh, but then at the end of it some bounty hunters show up and they've got pucks that are tracking the kid and so he realizes that like there's really no way that he like they're going to keep coming after the kid and he, he kind of was thinking about maybe leaving the kid on that planet it was kind of a peaceful place and you could tell mando kind of feels like maybe this kind of life isn't the best life for little baby yoda but uh you know people people keep coming they keep coming after him so he decides you know there's only one way really to 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 protect the kid and that's to go take out the imperials who are hunting him uh, so that leads us to kind of the, the last two episodes, which are kind of the finale. Oh, there's one in the middle, isn't there? There's the there's one in the middle where they do uh, a heist on a yeah. republic. Uh, you know, he comes in. There's actually one before oh, there's that. Two. There's two. the assassin one too. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah there's a couple. There's kind of, a couple kind of like filler episodes where he's just kind of like doing bounty hunter stuff. But the heist one, I, I feel like that's that's my favorite episode of the first. That season. one was good. Like I think that's good. hard to call that filler. Like it really shows just why he has the reputation he does. Um, he really showed his, his set of skills. So yeah, he, he takes he does take a couple bounties in the meantime while he's kind of trying to to stay out of the way. He uh, you know he helps uh, he tries to 
to capture somebody and kind of gets double crossed. He makes some friends on Tatooine in the in the shipyard, and then he goes back and does a job for kind of a, a, a kind of a scummier guy uh, where he needs to break a guy out of a Republic prison, and he does that. Uh, they try to betray him, but he gets laughed, laughed, and ends up getting a bunch of them either arrested or killed. Um, but then in the end, he needs to go back and go ahead, Shai, you got something? Well, that's yeah. an important the heist episode is important to talk about because that does resurface in season two as a reference. It does. Yeah. Um, but in the end, he kind of gathers, he goes back, he kind of gets some friends together. He, he goes back and recruits uh, the the ex-Republic Commando Kara, and he goes back to the, the planet where he found the Baby Yoda and recruits uh, I Have Spoken dude, the Ugnaught, who, who Shai is, is Shai's favorite character in the whole thing. And he kind of gets them together and says, hey, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's do what we need to do to save this baby. What he didn't realize is when he goes back to the Ugnaught, uh, the Ugnaught has rebuilt the IG-88 assassin droid that uh, was in the first episode with him that he, that he had ended up uh, destroying in order to save the kid. Um, and of course, uh, Mando doesn't trust it. But, you know, the Ugnaught says he's reprogrammed it to be a a caretaker and kind of act as a nanny for the baby while they're fighting, Um, which is which is kind of weird, but cool. He makes a lot of weird decisions. We could talk about those in season two. (laughs) Also, So then, uh, you know, we get we get to the end. Um, He goes back. He tries to cut a deal um, with the, the leader of the guild, Carl Weathers who then was going to betray him. But on their way back, they get attacked by these freaking like pterodactyl things. And uh, Carl Weathers character, who I, we need to know his name because I shouldn't call it, just keep him, calling him Carl Weathers. The guild leader um, gets like mortally wounded by like- Reef like, Karga. Reef Karga. Uh, so the reefer gets- Grief. Like, oh, grief. <laughs> the griefer. <laughs> Uh, makes sense he brought a lot of grief however you want to do it Um, but he gets kind of slashed up by these things it looks like it's poisonous and he's like oh shit I'm gonna die and the baby Yoda's like oh I'm gonna use the force to heal your ass and then he's like fuck like I was gonna turn this kid in but he just saved my life so he double crosses the Imperials and joins with Mando again and they go in they try to to negotiate with the, the original warlord they end up you know, sitting down to talk with him, he gets a call from his superior. He walks to the window. His superior comes down with a whole battalion of stormtroopers and just blasts the dude. Like, just like the guy who we kind of thought was the villain just gets smoked. And we find out the warlord is Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. Thank you. I knew I knew his name. Um, who Badass had... actor, by the way, too. Love that guy. Who's the actor? Gar G, I don't know how to say his name. Oh, Giansario, Giansario. What else, what else is he in? Sorry, um, Breaking Bad. He was the owner of the chicken joint. Yeah. He's also oh no, you guys didn't see Breaking Bad? No, I never seen. Oh. I started it, but I didn't finish it. Yeah, <clears throat> I'll figure out his name because I didn't do him justice. I bastardized his name, but awesome actor. I love that guy. 
he's pretty cool in this one. He comes down. He's a real badass. Uh, it turns out him and Mando have some history. He um, apparently orchestrated the raid on the world where Mando's parents were killed, mm-hmm. and he became an orphan, which is how he was taken in by the Mandalorians and was raised as a foundling, a Mandalorian in the Mandalorian culture. So um, he's kind of got some history there. Um, basically, he says, you know, you guys are going to give me the, the asset or we're going to you know, we're going to smoke you guys all, but they escape through the sewers. They, you know, go through a river of lava. There's a bunch of strange kind of bizarre action sequences. Um, and then in the end, um, the IG-88 droid sacrifices himself to to save everybody. Um, all the stormtroopers get kind of blasted out of there. They think they're in the clear. Moff Gideon rolls up in a TIE fighter uh, and they're like, oh shit, now what? Mandalorian uses his jet pack that he just got to fight him like in the Phoenix air. Phoenix drive or something or what? A... <laughs> and basically blow, uses a thermal detonator to blow the TIE fighter out of the sky. Um, the TIE fighter crashes. They think he, the guy's dead. They kind of go their separate ways. End of the series. But wait, out of the rubble of the TIE fighter, you see like a black lightsaber cut its way out of the TIE fighter and Moff Gideon's got this crazy lightsaber in his hand. And we think it's a lightsaber, uh, right? Some kind of a saber sword. But anyways, that's his name. Yes, and that's why I was having like trouble. Lightsaber. Giancarlo <laughs> Giuseppe Alessandro Esposito. Oh, there you go. Oh, I forgot you're Italian. I should have just asked you how to say it. Hey. He's, he's Wado, remember? <laughs> I'm a Glenorian. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, so that's that was season one. We spent a lot of time, probably more than we should. We have half that, the episodes in season two, so it'll yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's talk about season two briefly. We've only had four episodes of that, um, and you'll have, you guys have to fact check me on this one because obviously I forget episodes. The first one, he's on Tatooine, right? It's Tatooine. He is on Tatooine. He's looking. So now the second season opens where he's trying to. Bring the child back to his people. That's he what he thinks quested. is the right thing. He was he quested, was quested yes, by the guild. By the, this is what you have to no, do. No, not the guild. By the by his people. By the by the Mandalorians. Like the Mandalorian. By the head guild. leader, right? The head yeah, guild the, chick. The, who, ar- the, the, the armor, armor chick. And that's what that right. means. Yeah. Like, yes. yeah. Not, not but, the bounty hunter guild, but let's the Mandalorian. be clear. Not the bounty no, hunter guild. The yes. Mandalorian family. Yes. The clan. Yes. is a clan quest. Right. Um, yes. And they say, you know, hey, you know, we don't know who his people are, but we know that he was part of, they were Jedi and they were ancient enemies of the Mandalorians. But if you can find them, you should bring them to the Jedi. So he's like, okay, I'm going to try to find some people. So he gets a lead that there might be a Mandalorian on Tatooine. He rolls up to Tatooine and he finds that the Mandalorian is not a Mandalorian. It's just some dude named the Marshal, but he's bought, Boba Fett's old armor off the Jawas. I thought that was hella cool. Yeah, literal, like, walks in, has a stature and everything. I'm like, what? Yeah. Uh, But the guy guy ends up saying, okay, listen, I know I'm not supposed to have this, but I can't give it up to you for free, so help me destroy a crate dragon, and I will... Uh, that's been terrorizing their town, and I'll give you the armor. Uh, you guys may remember, if you're a real Star Wars nerd, we've seen a crate dragon before in Star Wars A New Hope when C-3PO is wandering through the desert after they land in the escape pod. There's the bones of a crate dragon uh, just kind of stretched out on the on the sand dune. And, so, and then 
later in that uh, in that same episode, episode four, Obi Wan Kenobi makes that crate dragon or whatever the fuck it was to scare off the sand people. And one of the cool little things I thought of in this episode was that dragon, the dragon makes that same sound mm. that Obi-Wan Kenobi made. Like they, 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 they remembered that and they went back and made sure that the, that the sound matched up. Did you know four. also nerd, um, nerd alert, nerd sound that that sound, that whistle has changed, I think three times in the different Star Wars iterations. Really? Obi-Wan's, yeah, it started as like a whistle, then it was some high-pitched like whine, and then it was like the woo that you hear. So it's actually been changed multiple times throughout all the it different It doesn't surprise me. I don't know why he keeps going back and changing things in stupid episodes. And that's what I was saying, like, in episode four. Dumbest, this, this is the dumbest thing. Why is he changing the whistle three times? So yeah, yeah but he has like three dumb, different, three different I did things. not know that. I never caught that. Just I, you look know, up Obi-Wan. Yeah. Because I thought I remember, like, I thought that it was different. Like, I remember one time when I watched it, I was like, man, that's not how I remembered it. But it, it must have just been because I was young. Like, I must be thinking of something else. I guess, I guess not. Hmm. No, it's literally changed. Yeah. No, I, I thought you were going to mention, and I think, unfortunately, this is something I, I, I extrapolated myself from this, is the crate Dragon is living in a Sarlacc pit. Yeah. That Sarlacc cool. that it killed. And I, in my mind, uh, connected that with the Sarlacc that ate Boba Fett. And thought that maybe that was the same pit, and that was where the jaw was. Got the armor before the. You know, like, it's certainly know. it's certainly but we don't. I don't know. Lots maybe, of Sarlaccs on Tatooine. I don't know maybe, the Sar the all. I mean, in a way, they kind of talked about the Sarlacc as more singular. Like when C three PO is translating in Return of the Jedi, he says, "You will be cast into the pit of Cartoon to be an offering to the Almighty Sarlacc," like. It wasn't like we're gonna throw you into this Sarlacc pit over here instead of the one down the street. Like it seemed like there was like only really one, you know. Like I don't know. I, somebody maybe a, a real Star Wars uh, scholar could tell me what the the official deal is on how common are Sarlaccs. I didn't get the I didn't get the feeling they were that common, and like I didn't really make that connection. But I would say that you're probably right. If the Jawas were in that neighborhood, you know, like they had to be somewhere around there to get that armor and sell it to that dude, like it makes sense that they're all kind of connected in that same rough area. Like they weren't that far from Moss Eisley because he was just a speeder bike driver away. So yeah. I would say that that's almost certainly what happened, right? Like the Sarlacc so. that was killed that, that, you know, cause I think I don't, it's hard to, to remember now that a lot of stuff is no longer canonical, but mm. historically in, in the Star Wars legends canon, Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc. He blew it up. He killed it from the inside and he oh, escaped. Wow. So I I don't know if that's still true, but that would fit that. If he killed the Sarlacc, then there's an empty Sarlacc pit for the crate Dragon to move into. There was also one other thing of note, and I don't know if this has been resolved or if you guys recognize this guy, but at the very end of that episode, as Mando's going, is, is zooping, zooping away with the, with the Boba Fett armor tied to the back of his thing, there's a guy who I didn't recognize kind of watching him from a sand dune. And I wondered if that was actually Boba Fett. <clears throat> I think Sans it is actually armor. Boba Fett. Cause see, I, I, I took a look at that dude yeah. and then I compared him to what the clone was his dad, right? Jango Fett. Yeah. And I was like, Holy crap. They look very, very similar. Okay. Yes. Like very similar. I didn't similar. do that. And I'm so... like, I bet you that's, I bet you that's Boba Fett. That's kind of what I felt. That was my gut was that that was Boba Fett watching him roll off with his armor. Yep. Oh my gosh. But like at the same point, like why would Boba Fett let 
the marshal just like if he's hanging out i don't know yeah if he knew questions to be answered yeah. i'm sure um the other question i have since we're talking about both that's armor is like i didn't like and this is one i know we didn't want to get get into critic criticisms just yet um we still have time but we <laughs> maybe we don't short. so i'm gonna ask my question so one thing i didn't like about that episode was that he's like hey give me the armor or i'm gonna take it off your dead body and then he's like well why don't you help me with this dragon instead and it's like well mando didn't have to agree with that mando was gonna kill him one second ago to take his armor but then because the crate dragon rolled through the city then all of a sudden he was like, okay, let's make a deal. Instead of me killing you, I will actually kill this Sarlacc to get your armor when I can literally just kill you right now. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know why he had to make that deal to put himself in danger. Why did he protect the kid besides the fact that he owes it a blood, a blood debt? Is that the only reason? Yeah, to me, to me, it was just a, diff- a change in perspective, right? Like at first, he's, it doesn't sound like the marshal is willing to negotiate. He's like, this is my armor. You can't have it. And he's like, all right, well, if I can't have it, I'm going to have to take it. Like I haven't, I have, I've sworn an oath to protect this. This is basically a holy relic of my people. Like you can't just have it. And then the marshal kind of changes his tune. He says, well, okay, maybe I could part with the armor and you'd have to do this. And so to me, it's more okay. of an appeal like to Mando, like not being, he's like, yeah, he could have just killed him. But like, I think his, he's kind of shown throughout the series that like, He's not a shoot first, ask question later no. kind of guy. He like tries Han. To... He's no Han. Just saying. He's no Han. <laughs> right. He's, he's got more of a moral compass than a, than a smuggler, <laughs> smuggler like Han Solo. So, yes, that, that's what I think it he's was. He's no Guido. I mean, he, he, he's a kind of dude who, do you say Guido? <laughs> it's Guido. It's Guido, oh, yeah, right? So, hey, it's a greaser in a Kamas Eyes like Antina with a leather jacket. Uh, like, tacked. <laughs> You can't uh, have the spaghetti. Maybe some spaghetti. If you oh, are, Kevin, listener, it's still, it's still Kevin, stop. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So anyway, um, <laughs> episode one, guys. Episode one. Uh, after that yep. little detour. Um, but okay, I I, I can accept. I can accept that. That, that Mando Mando's character to me is he will do what needs to be done. If he has to kill somebody to accomplish his goals, he will do it, but it's not his first choice. Yeah. He wants to do things. If there's a better way, he'll do it. But if there's not a better way, God, do what you got to do. Even with the way, even with scum, like you think back to that prison barge episode from the first season, like he didn't kill those, the people that double, like double crossed. He left them, he left them in a prison cell. Like, a cold-blooded killer would have had no he, no. He sex, did no get the other guys killed, but he didn't do it himself. Yeah. Remember, at the end, he throws that tracking beacon in there, yeah. and the, and the Republic comes and blows him up. Well, uh, but well, we're talking about getting other people killed. I mean, the, the opening of season two. Yes, he didn't directly kill that guy who he was trying to get information from. Mm, yeah, right? he strung him up, but he did certainly know that he was going to die at as, as the events unfolded. That mando was responsible that was that was an interesting i didn't know how i felt about that scene because you because you really do have this idea of him like kind of like taking the less violent approach every time he's like and then he like he makes this very like word specific agreement with yeah. guys like you will not will, die at my hands. my hands yeah and yeah. like i'll cut you down and like any yeah you know that guy did try to kill him yeah well and to be fair the people who he imprisoned did not actually try to kill him they imprisoned him 
So he kind of, yeah. it was kind of an eye. He's kind of almost got an eye for an eye type mm. of thing. He's like, you tried to imprison me on this ship. So that's what I'm going to do to you guys. Interesting he delivers stuff. the child to his race. Will he then say, you now need to ferry me around for the next two years? And, and Perhaps. me. <laughs> Perhaps he will. You are quested with protecting me now. For <laughs> Is that your, is that your, your formal, your formal prediction? <laughs> Write it down. Yes. <laughs> Um, in the right, carriage so, so we go on to episode 2 he gets some information he's looking for Mandalorians but if I remember correctly he gets jumped basically by some from Republic X-Wings who are like hey bro is that 2 or 3 Am oh, I no, 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 that's two. That was but, two. But, he was... but there's a reason that yeah he gets jumped yeah. Yeah, 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 well, that's what I was about to say. Right. They they said, "Hey, bro, transporting frog lady, turn." turn oh, yeah. so right. in light speed. Not, yes, that's the key. That's yeah. right. I forgot about right. that. Okay, he can't so, jump in a light speed, and he's like, "Well, light speed's my, my like how I get around. It's my only. It's my best form of protection right now." So, and they're like, so "Sorry, if you go to light speed, you're gonna kill my babies." Yes. Yeah, so let's back it up. So he he's back in Tatooine after he gets the after he gets the armor. He talks to his his little friend there, the mechanic lady who helped him in an earlier episode, and she says, "Hey, I've got this." frog lady who needs to get to her husband but her husband knows where there's some mandalorians he's seen them that's yeah. that's convenient but yeah. okay it's small galaxy i guess and so he, so as van said you gotta take them it's just one planet away basically but you can't jump to light speed she's carrying a, a, a nest of eggs and if you go to hyperspeed it'll kill it'll destroy the eggs so this is this frog things like line is ending. They're the last of their species or the last of their family or something. And these children are their only hope of, of continued, whatever continued. And little did they know that there's a danger, much more dangerous than hyperspace there's, there's lurking on his ship. There's a danger in the did ship. Did you know that that was like a hot point of contention? Like, yes. like it of controversy. I was going to get there. Marred. Oh yeah. I, no, I, I will stand there. by. I didn't know this. Oh, oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Oh, it gets bad. Yeah, so let's let's go let's go just through the the quick of the plot, right? The um, he's 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 trying to take this frog lady there. Some X wings drop out on him. Asked for his records, he doesn't want to show them. Finally, they make it clear that he's going to have to, so he does. And they say, "Oh, so you're why are you the ship that assaulted a Republic prison ship? You know, last season." And he's like, oh, shit. And so he basically tries to outrun him. He goes down onto the surface of this ice planet um, that I don't think was Hoth. Sarah asked me if it was Hoth. I was like, I don't, I don't think, think it's Hoth. Hoth. But they didn't say what it was. So, what, I mean, I guess it could have been. But Hoth, um, more like Colth. <laughs> Colth. <laughs> um, he basically tries to give him, give him the, 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 the shake. Ends up crashing his ship down into this cavern. And they're basically stuck down there in the cold he's got to repair the ship um meanwhile aboard the ship little baby yoda who has let's be Nefarious fair as ever he's been eating frogs since the beginning of season one like one of the first things we saw him do was he took a whole fucking frog like a whole live frog just shoves it in his mouth and like swallows it down and everyone looks at him like damn so like he's a carnivore all right he's made that like that is not been unclear but he is very fascinated with the frog eggs and he wants to eat them 
Um, and he starts I eating think just, them. And he starts eating them. I think just food in general, right? Because if you look at Yoda, like oh. Yoda was rummaging through like fucking <laughs> right. stuff, trying to get food. High, high metabolism. Like, high, yeah. high metabolism. Well, have you seen so the Jedi fight? They freaking eating their lightsaber fights, dude. They're doing like flips and jumping and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, we've we've talked about that. If I remember, we have our opinions about that. But yes. So anyway, he reaches in, he eats some of the eggs. Mando's like, "Dude, stop eating the eggs! Don't do that!" <laughs> you know, um, for some reason, and Sarah pointed this out as well when we were watching. I thought it was a good point. Like, okay, these eggs are the last, the most important thing to this frog, and she just like shoves them in the in the cargo and goes upstairs. It's like whatever. I'm sure they're the fine. It's there's just no, the freaking handle. Just... To... That frog lady was pretty dumb. She was pretty dumb. She's a frog. So let's get into the controversy then. So a lot of people did not react well to baby Yoda devouring the unborn young of this frog thing. And uh, I mean, Van, it seems like you got some stuff to say about that. Yeah, no, I mean, they they went as as far as to say that it was a that that Disney was perpetuating genocide by allowing the last of this species eggs to be eaten by and making making light of genocide is, is what they were saying that this is the last species the last of the species and they wanted to make a joke about all of them going extinct at the at the uh, behest of our young baby yoda and it, it just caused quite a stir yeah. as most things do nowadays people are always on the lookout for a reason to be offended and so Shy, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I don't think you've heard uh, you've heard this yet. I didn't hear that. I didn't like. To what extent was there like there was just an explosion on Twitter oh, and social media? Cancel baby Yoda media. was basically oh, trending yeah. like right. crazy. I don't get the whole cancel culture anyway. Um, but but uh, um, what I but would say, I will yeah. say, so I will say, I can't remember what happened, but something mm-hmm. happened in two or three, and everybody loved Yoda again, and they redeemed him, and they All said right. it's okay. Right. I guess maybe because the eggs actually make it there. Oh, I remember what it was. Because then he's seen in the next episode, sorry, I don't mean to jump ahead, um, actually, like, playfully loving one of the, the bo- like, the newborn tadpoles. tadpoles. And since yeah. they're like, oh, okay, so he doesn't want to exterminate their entire species, he was just hungry, and then they got it. Which I think I that still, was pretty clear. <laughs> I still wondered, too, if he was really just wanting to eat the baby tadpoles, but, like, the parents were there, and he knew he couldn't. Um, well, I feel like Mando um, kind of gave him that look too. He's yeah, like, yeah. Watch yeah, it. Don't yeah. do. Don't don't embarrass yeah. me. Um, embarrass me in front of the frog wizard. I, I would say too, like it's interesting that, that people said that, that they're making light of the eggs. I could see that it was like a little bit of physical comedy, but I honestly thought those scenes were very uncomfortable. I actually found those very too. like distressing. Yeah, honestly, like it was like yep. don't don't do it. What are you doing? Like I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't laughing or smiling so much as being like, oh my gosh, are you really gonna eat? Oh no, you yeah. just ate an egg, but that's it, right? Yeah. Oh no, you're eating another one. Oh dear God, yeah. like you're leaving him alone with the jug, and even like when he left him alone with the mom, like it, it more like brought me discomfort. So I guess I didn't. Uh, that's funny. I, I felt the same exact way. Yeah, I, I didn't find it like like slapstick hilarity. I I was also like, this is awkward. <laughs> Come on, I it was it was funny when he's like, stop, and they like he looks again. He's like, <laughs> just shows the whole... eating another one. And it's like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I did find it. I did find it amusing. Maybe I'm maybe I, mean, I should go to prison. For what's well, the next? What's the next hashtag? Is hilarious. Is it cancel Death Star? Like you know, hashtag Alderaan for life. I mean, I don't. I, don't, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of it. Yeah. Um, 
listen, that's a, we can do a whole another podcast on counterculture and why it's so much bullshit. But um, you know, that's for another day. We have like five minutes to finish everything else. We're still on episode two of Mandalorian. We haven't we talked this. about the series. We might have to do we a two. No. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do that to the people. We can't do that to the people. We gotta fit this in specifically. All right, all right let's go no. really quickly. So Baby Yoda continues to make trouble by eating things. They go out and explore the cave because the frog lady need to take a bath, which is super weird. And the baby Yoda finds some more eggs out out there, and it's like, oh, that's cool, and starts eating them. And uh, it turns out they're eggs of a spider creature that has a giant mother and a whole host of babies. And they basically get sworded. It's like basically arachnophobia, Star Wars style. Um, or what was that movie with all the crazy spiders that chased everybody everywhere? Arachnophobia. I mean, there's there another one later. Arachnophobia is like the slow moving, like it was yes. like, I think you're talking about like, yeah, it was, it was like all the hairy spiders in the woods, like when we <laughs> were Starship Troopers. No, there's, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, it's very Starship Troopers esque. Anyways, can we, really can we move anyway, on? We're running yeah, out of time. Running out of time. Anyway, anyway, focus, they focus they're, look like they're about to get devoured by a bunch of hungry spiders. It was very, very hair raising. And then the X Wings show up, found, they found them, they blow them away, uh, they talk. For some reason that I don't really remember, the X-wing, guy, the Republic guys, let him go with the pass. Give go him ahead, pass Jack, on take it, it away. Well, I think it was. I think part of it was the fact that he both tried to protect some of the in- innocents on the prison ship. Like there was the one oh, officer that was yeah. like, that's right. Shoot. And also he that he that he left the other prisoners to be captured. I think it was that combination yes. that he was he- obviously made it out to be he was not part of the crew. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. There was a good reason for that. So he basically, they basically said, hey get your transponder in order and we'll let this one slide let him go um episode three we oh, right gotta through. get into this one yeah he, he finally <laughs> gets there he drops off the he drops off the frog lady the husband is like yeah i actually have seen some mandalorians crazy let me take you to a bar like there's a guy who knows where they are um the guy is a quarren who's one of the squid head dudes and he's like, oh, yeah, I know where they are. Come up on my ship and we'll, we'll go, we'll sail over to them. And Mando's like, all right, cool. They get on the ship and the Quarren's like, you're a fucking idiot. Knocks him into a freaking The baby cage. knocks the kid into knocks the water. The baby. Yeah. Well, and, and then, then he him jumps too. in. Yeah, goes, yeah. Save baby. They lock shut them the up. gate. Yep. And he's like, mm-hmm. that Mandalorian armor is sure valuable. Happy we'll get that. We're all, off like, the they're talking about retirement. Like, this is how yeah. valuable that stuff is. They're like, hey, we're set for life, boys. This is golden. Which like is cool too, because if you remember back when he got the the Beskar armor after he completed that that guild that job and got all that armor, the armor chick said, "This will make you a target." She warned him yeah. about that in season one, mm-hmm. and so like it's cool to see that kind of come back. That like we kind of forgot that you know like you're basically walking around with like a fortune on out for everybody to see it's gonna make some unsavory people come after you so it looks bad for baby yoda and for mando but then boom three mandalorians drop out of the sky and rescue his ass they found the mandalorians turns out though they've got a little bit of a different uh, religion than mando they are not so strict about removing their helmets um they kind of are of a different sect and in fact the mandalorians say that like, dude, like the group you're with are kind of like religious zealots. Like fundamentalist. Been, yeah. yeah, they've kind of been kicked out of the Mandalorian right. culture because you're crazy. Like, and it's okay like, to take off your helmet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, you people aren't Mandalorians. Right. You're not Heresy. real. <laughs> and so he he books it. He doesn't want anything to do with them. Um, but then when he's going back to his own ship, he gets jumped again. The brother of the ship captain somehow knew what happened to him. 
uh, that quickly and has a whole posse there ready to fuck him up. Some wielding like clubs. And <laughs> it's like, have you seen this guy in action? Come yeah. on. <laughs> Come on. It's right, Beskar. <laughs> and he's got a blaster. <laughs> but somehow uh, he needs help again from the Mandalorians who show up again to rescue him. And so after two times, he decides at least to hear him out. Um, basically, they say they're working on their own project to try to get the dark saber what could that be um you know from an imperial warlord moff gideon and he's like yo moff gideon's dead he's like yo he's not dead and we find out indeed he is not dead uh, we already knew that but so yeah so he helps them commandeer a ship but he says you know i'm not really willing to to go any further with you at this time i have a feeling they'll be back um, but before they part ways, he says there that he's able to get some information from him. The reason he was looking for Mandalorians is because he thought other Mandalorians might know where the Jedi was. And indeed, they knew where Jedi were. He gives them a planet and tells them to go, tells him to ask for Ahsoka Tano, who, if you are a little bit more into the Star Wars universe, you recognize that was one of Anakin's Padawans in the Clone Wars series and was a pretty much a badass Jedi of her own right who was MIA after Order 66. A Twi'lek. A Twi'lek, yes. So they dropped this huge bomb on us. What? Ahsoka Tano's alive? This is crazy. And then instead of going to find her, he decides he needs to go back to Navarro because his ship's fucked up and he gets sidetracked, does another quest with uh, with with his old friends, Kara Weathers and, and, yeah. and Weathers yeah. and fish, the fish dude from the first one Reefer. who comes back. Reefer. Reefer. <laughs> Griefer and the Reefer. Guido. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just basically gets into some trouble with them and nothing really happens, I feel like. Maybe there's more there. There was like a, there was a lot more scenes of the Empire, right? They got like yeah. speeder bikes and more stormtroopers. Yeah, there's some action. It turns out an they thought that it was a skeleton crew on yeah. this on yeah. this thing, but it, it turns out to be like this huge operation. And then That's we right. start to learn why, kind of why they want Baby Yoda so badly. And they they don't specifically say it, but they say, "Hey, we try to inject this individual with the high amount of M account, and I can only imagine that stands for midichlorian." Right. So See, they're not allowed. To, they're not allowed to say midichlorian anymore so they had to go with m count because everybody hates midichlorians so much really? you know, know you, you know that like no yeah like ev- like ev- midichlorians yes yes <laughs> basically the argument is that one of the reasons people hate episode one so much is because like they hate the idea of midichlorians it's like that's not what the force is supposed to be about the force is this mystical energy field and then they're like oh no it's microscopic bacteria that live in your skin and like so it's a, a lot, tangible they're saying it's more of a yeah, spiritual a lot of people okay. a lot of people did not like the idea of midichlorians and thought that it was kind of a bastardization of the force Do they have a problem with using your hand to use the force versus your Listen, mind or I'm the not, fact, i mean this is not my <laughs> opinion i'm just presenting the case Miley, why are you so hateful so so it's one of those things like though. It's one of those things that, like, you notice we haven't ever heard midichlor. This is the first reference, yeah, midichlorians from in episode seven, eight, oh, nine, solo. Like they never ever yeah. talk about it again. And this is the first reference we've had, which I thought was cool. But they didn't say midichlorian. They said yeah, they said M count. count. Yeah. So, anyways, now I we now we get a better understanding as to why why this yes. little baby Yoda is so powerful, yeah, or not to... so powerful, so so highly desired, sought after. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They want to they're make trying some to force soldiers. 
Correct. Yep. And so far, they've been unsuccessful. I think the longest one lived two weeks or something like that. I can't remember what it was for two yeah. years. So there was a good reason for that episode. That was that was true. I forgot all about that. Yep. That's about it. All right. So we've recapped it. We haven't really talked about what we thought about it other than <laughs> passing. So let's. We're pretty much out of time. But let's let's take a couple minutes. Each of us, like like, let's just do a quick monologue. What do you like about Mandalorian? Why do you like it? If you do, what don't you like? And why don't you like it? And then we'll end with some predictions. We're going a little bit over. That's going to be okay. Who wants to start? Van. He's pointing at people. Yeah, He's pointing Van's at Shy. Volunteering. Shy. No, I'm trying to point to Shy because Shy, Shy hasn't been talking much. Shy has last, not been talking the much. The season two recap. Really? Shy, roll. All right. Um, no, I think, think so. Are we talking specific? Uh, so, right. You can so, talk about whatever you want. We talked a little bit about season one back when we did our Star Wars podcast. I think we all agreed we like season one. So, I don't know that we need to go too much into our impressions of that anymore. I think season two, um, the reason I like the show, especially what drew me to one, is, and I think I've said this multiple times, is it reminds me a lot of the original trilogy. And I think that once you started getting the prequel trilogy, once you got into the sequel trilogy, you're in this time when Hollywood had learned the power of special effects, how you know they could wow audiences, the modern blockbuster had been born, and you know, movies became more of a spectacle and less of maybe like a, a story, like a well-grounded story in a lot of cases. Um, not, I'm not saying that episode four through six are, are you know masterpieces of of narrative by any means but um i think mandalorian just felt more grounded it just like it felt more um personable just just not like this huge saga it follows this one man not heavy effects driven and i think that that's what drew me to the show i really like season two um i think that like as far as the first four episodes my highlight is actually season three i'm really intrigued about the mandalorian three. religions episode three not season three episode three um about the about like whether or not is he is he part of a cult and really the mm -hmm. rest of the Mandalorians are not this strong, like they don't believe these strongly about these certain things, or are these other people just trying to trick him or are they deluded? Um, I think, and I can't remember exactly, but I, I do believe that Jango Fett was not as religious about his son not seeing him without his helmet, if not maybe other people as well. Um, well, and obviously we see him without his helmet. So he, yeah. I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember in the prequel if like he was helmetless around other people as well or not. I well, can't remember. Yeah, well, he, he was. He, was he, only, was, he certainly he only lived was on the alien, right? On the or in the on the like the replication Camino. planet or the yeah, yeah Camino. Camino. Yeah, yeah Camino. but I mean when when Obi Wan goes in and talks to him, he's not wearing his armor. He's just yeah. out. And so about. like, was he a true Mandalorian or was he? I well, mean, you know, like. And see, I, I need to research this and find out be, and maybe we'll do a cleanup corner. But I had always thought that I heard that, like, I don't know about Jango Fett, but that Boba Fett was not actually a Mandalorian. He just wore the armor. Oh. That, like, he he basically is, is like if I dressed up in a samurai armor. Like, samurai armor, like, doesn't make me a samurai. Doesn't mean I'm, I have that heritage, but people recognize the armor. It means something. And so, like, I can... I can like maybe there's a as a bounty hunter I might yeah. want to be like a samurai but that doesn't yeah. make me a samurai, and so that's what I always thought was the deal with him was that like he just took that armor <clears throat> because it was badass and because yeah. it had such a reputation but that that he wasn't actually even Mandalorian but I don't know if that's still true especially with the with the you know the Disney takeover and how yeah. I don't know what's what anymore. But anyway, so I think that that I think that episode three really has opened the doors wide open where the whole first season kind of built this mythos around the Mandalorians. This is the how like how strict they are. This is their their history. And now it's, and it's like, wow, is that all fake? And we don't really know. Right. But then unfortunately, I feel like see, episode four was my lowest point of the season <laughs> where it just it felt like uh, it felt like it was just an over the top 
blockbuster episode a lot of fighting a lot of explosions not a lot yeah. of of depth or wasn't really a yeah. grounded episode and yeah. so it kind of a was cook. a letdown to me um i'm interested in seeing yeah, a couple plot points like van said about the <clears throat> the research but yeah sarah felt the same way i'll chip in for her she she was a lot more interested in episode three than she was in episode four um van your thoughts <clears throat> similar to to shy um I like it because it, it feels like Star Wars to me. And I know that can mean so many different things, but it really does feel like I'm rewatching four, five, and six um, storyline and universe and all that stuff. Not that one, two, three, and the, the post quills weren't Star Wars, but this one just feels like what I remember Star Wars being. It's, it's kind of what I, the feel that I wanted to get from watching one through three that wasn't there that was lacking and same with the post quills like it i i can latch onto this and say yes this is star wars that i remember so i just i just really like it there's a couple things i don't like um i don't like how the episodes are so short in my opinion they're only like 32 to 42 minutes long yeah yeah and and i i I just wish they were an hour like it just an hour feels right to me and like 35 37 just feels yeah a little too a little too short um um but no i'm i'm thoroughly enjoying it again it just it, it it's very reminiscent um there's a lot of member berries i mean we see it all the time like with tie fighters and all kinds of nostalgic references boba fett and stuff like that so it just feels really good it, it's a very solid story characters and yeah i just really enjoy it well I'll echo what you both said like it definitely feels like star wars but i want to talk about why i think it feels like star wars and i think it is because and so one of the things that the prequel and the sequel trilogy did was they tried to take next steps in a lot of way. They tried to build on what was established by Star Wars, especially with creatures like, you know, in, in the original Star Wars, you're exposed to a lot of different alien races. And then in the subsequent ones, they're trying, they're always trying to bring out more weird aliens and different aliens and things like that. Whereas Mandalorian doesn't do that as much. Not that you don't see, new things but like 90 percent of the stuff that we encounter are things that we already are familiar with and we're just seeing more of them jawas sarlacc tuscan raiders ugnots like you know that ugnot guy that shy hates so much like those guys had a brief appearance in episode in uh empire strike back they're the workers in cloud city they're like you never saw them again but now here's, you know, here's an Ugna who was conscripted by the Emperor, um, like all the way through it, you know, like even when you're going, you know, up in episode three, they went, he went to that water planet. It could have been any kind of weird creatures, but they use Quarren and Mon Calmari, the two alien races that we, we know. And so it, it helps build that idea that you are in the Star Wars universe. And like, if you're constantly going to new planets with new aliens and new this and new that, you don't. It's like you could be in any sci-fi universe, mm-hmm. but here there's, they're, they're constantly calling back with big things and small uh, ties to the old movie. And so it is about the nostalgia a little bit. And I think that's why it feels, it feels kind of the right way. And like, again, like kind of like I mentioned with the, with the, the, the crate dragon and the crate dragons call, like they do a lot of little things. Like I yes. always say, like one, one of the things that I think really lost people about episode the the sequel trilogy it certainly hurt me on it was that like it, and maybe this ties back to what i was trying to say they made it to be movies like the the primary consideration was what will make a good movie what will sell tickets and 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 make money at the box office and things like that it seemed like 
consistency within the universe telling continuing the story continuing the narrative was a, not that they didn't care about but it was a secondary consideration and i go i always go back to the snoke thing where they had this crazy snoke you know supreme leader snoke character that was so much mystery and what what's his deal who is he where did he come from and then we talked to the director he's like oh no he was just a bad guy he was there to fill a role like they didn't think about his place in the narrative and you could just tell like that comes through when you're not you're not creating it out of a desire to tell a story. And it feels like with the Mandalorian, it's the opposite, right? That they're, it feels like they're really trying hard to fit everything into the star Wars universe. And I think that's why it feels right. Yeah. I think the part that resonated the most with me was when he said, it's the little things and like constantly through watching the second season, um, I'm calling things out and I'm like, oh my God, you see why they did that? Like talking to, to yes. Sheenie and I'm like, oh my God, you see why they did that? And like, just like, like one of the super small, minute, meaningless things is like when, when they were coming back into town in the first episode, right. And the Tuscan Raiders are literally walking single, single file, file on their freak. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, Obi-Wan said they walk single file to hide their numbers. I pointed that and out like, to Sarah yes. too. That's so, that's and I'm like, I, it's just these yeah. little things like that make it feel so, so Star Warsy, And it's, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I think you nailed it with your yes with your description as to why it's about shy i think i don't know this is maybe an unpopular opinion but i wonder if what you're saying about the like movie style versus the story style of directing if that really comes down to the directors like you look at the sequel trilogy of star wars it was rian johnson and jj abrams who directed those who are very much like maybe not rian johnson so much but jj abram you know like star trek lost like he makes these blockbusters and he makes like a visual spectacle it's like Zack snyder kind of like where it's like very much about visuals and i think you think of like john favreau which the movie i think of most when i think of john favreau is iron man which you may say he was limited by his technology by being the first you know marvel of you know avenger film but also that's probably one of the most grounded of the marvel films as well and least like over the top you know you look at what yeah. the avengers movies came near the end and they're just cg spectacles all, all of a sudden again you know but like you look at like iron man it's very much a narrative story driven story about this guy's kind of transformation origin story and i think like i wouldn't be surprised if that's just john favreau's style he's very much like he wants I, to tell the story he doesn't want to add a lot of frills and he wants to like just keep it keep it grounded and my understanding is they have made him one of like the chief executives of Star Wars going forward. Mm. Like he and somebody else were like appointed as like the keeper of the keys. Nice. Partially, I think, because of how well Mandalorian's done. But I'm very happy about that. Everything I've seen him in or seen of his, I've been very impressed with him. So, all right. Um, any quick predictions before we're done? We're going to see Jedi within the next three episodes. We better see Ahsoka Tano, otherwise I'm going to be pissed. that's true. I don't know how we don't. Will, here's my question, yay or nay, will we learn the name of Yoda's species this season? Yes. You think this season we will? Do you think, do you think, the list season came out there at the end. I don't know if you meant that, but. What? Do you think baby Yoda will ever get returned? I don't see how he does and the story continue. Return, return to what? Well, remember he's supposed to take him back to his species. Supposed to put him back with his oh mind. oh do you think so you think the quest will ever be completed yeah maybe I, you know that's that's a question i would have is what is john favreau's or, or disney's in general like are they do they want the mandalorian to extend do they want 10 seasons of this or are they planning to have a finite stopping point and say this will end uh, the third season is the final season I, that's a, it's a great question uh, and it really probably changes how good it'll be in the end 
My, that's the hard thing, right? Yeah. Go ahead. I think as, as, a, as a public, when we find something we like, we don't want it to end, right? Like I would love them to release the Stranger Things series ad infinitum, you know, like have Stranger Things season 10. But the longer something goes, as we've experienced many, many times, normally the Game worse it gets. And so the, it would behoove them to set an end like have a story spelled out and have it end and end. And you can't you can't put a price on a great ending. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, I think that's more. Even though you're right, we want it to keep going. And then, and so, then stick Favreau on another side story, right? Like have him series in the Disney. Have him do Obi Wan. Great. Please. Yeah, yeah there's okay. three trailers we saw. Right? Ladies, <laughs> ladies, and, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we've got one minute before the Zoom meeting kicks us off. So this podcast is ending one way or another. I got to let you guys know. Thanks for being here with us. If you want to contact us, we're on Twitter at Focus Target, YouTube Focus Target Podcast, email Focus Target Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for being with us for this extra long podcast. We're happy to do some more Star Wars. I'm sure we will talk about The Mandalorian again. So, episode 63, I am your host. Smiley. This is Shy. And I'm Van. As always, cover us, Porkins. We're out.